This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's me, your Dungeon Master, Branson Reese, as well as your bully. That's right. Fuck you. I know what you're thinking right now. You're like, where is the iconic voice of the innkeeper? Where is uh, the, the the tunes of Dance Macabre or whatever the fuck our song is? And I just I need you to calm down. It's fine. I just have an exciting uh, for just sit down, take a deep breath. I have an exciting uh, thing I want to tell you about, which is that we here at Rude Tales of Magic, we know, we get it. We know the times are tough, and uh, so you know, in exchange for uh, five dollars, we have a, a a live show coming your way soon. How soon? I'll tell you when. It's on August 28th. That's a Friday. August 28th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Time. If you live in Nepal, I don't know when that is. What, you think I am the wall of a newsroom? I don't know the rest of the world, how those times work, but you can figure it out. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, $5. We've got a live show coming up. It's not an in-person live show. Don't worry. We have not taken leave of our senses. We're not going to sit you in a room with a bunch of disease vectors. No, this is, uh, it's streaming online. All the original cast is going to be there. You got Frederick de Bonesby, Albira Don, Cordelia Sasquatch, and the rest. They're all going to be there, and uh, they're in quite a pickle. I'll tell you, this. Uh, the name of this live show is Escape from Planet Time, which we're all very excited about. Uh, and those tickets, again, are $5. If you just go to RudeTalesOfMagic.com, we can set you up. We got all the info there. That name again, that URL is RudeTalesOfMagic.com. You're an adult. I trust you to figure out the name of the show you're listening to and then add a .com to it. If you can't do it, frankly, I don't want you listening to this show because you sound like a handful. All right. Uh, uh, you know, I'll let you get back to the show. Get back. I'll let you start the show. I'm not interrupting shit here. I love you and I cherish you. And this show is going to be so fucking good. It's a live show. Anything could happen. People could die. This is a non I mean, people could always die, but this is a non-canon live show where you, I, I tell you what, expect the unexpected. And while I got you here, check out uh, patreon.com slash rude tales of magic. We could really use your help. And we, you know, while I'm asking, it wouldn't kill you. I don't think it would kill you to give us five stars or 10 stars, whatever the highest star rating is on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Leave a nice review. I think that would be nice of you to do. I don't think I think you owe us that. That's OK. I'm getting into I'm getting into choppy waters here. So I'll just start the show. God bless you and be safe. And. Go check our show out. That's right, RudeTalesOfMagic.com. We need you at this live show. It won't be the same without you. Come on! Ah, dear traveler, I see you growing restless. In the mood for something else, perhaps? I believe I have... Ah, yes. 
just the thing for you. An older yarn of something dark, a story, a secret of subterfuge and shadow, but still, as ever was, a rude tale of magic. Welcome back to Rude Tales of Magic, come at the king, episode 7 for those of y'all listening at home, episode 2 for me, cause I just showed up, that's right, my name is Emeril Ensemble, probably remember me from the last episode, and if you don't, you are an inattentive listener, and we will not be catering to you, so... Uh, we, we left things in a bit of a battle between uh, me and the heroes. Uh, everyone got a few good hits in, uh, you know, as uh, a, a man enough to admit that. And uh, as it stands, all of the all of my assembled men come rushing into the room now here to over from from yon hallway to uh, to protect me. I, I I got a few psychic blades thrown at me. I got hit a few times. Hell, one of those fellas with a bull head knocked me out of a window. I got better though, don't worry. I climbed myself back up out of it. And now, those assembled men, well, they're rushing in. All right, so one by one, assembled men begin to fill in the room with a hup, 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 hup. It's all at the exact same pitch at the exact same time. In in perfect synchronicity, these assembled men, they walk in single file and they spill into the room like the fucking the blood coming out of the elevator and the shining uh but orderly they in an orderly fashion they one by one uh they enter the room they begin forming a wall between ambriel assemble and the rest of you all of you are are surrounded snake professional lies writhing on the ground torin uses message to secretly communicate uh in a magical whisper to grimothy um, Grimothy, help! Uh, Grimothy digs down deep and reaches out with his mind to all of the assembled men in the factory, and he calls out to them and says, Brothers, sisters, though you have been assembled for war, you have been assembled with a heart, and that heart yearns for more. Though your life is metal, it is still life. Do not throw it away on the battlefield of some pointless war, so men like Asamlo can grow rich from your deaths. Strike down your masters and forge a new peace together. Um, Torin reaches out again and says, Thank you. No problem. One of the assembled men, slowly but pointedly, sticks a finger right at you uh, from across the room, Grimothy, uh, pointing at you and says, there's the one. That's the one who said a psychic thing to us. All of the assembled uh. men turn their heads to you. Uh, none of them seem to have the ability or power that you uniquely have to communicate using your mind. All of their heads, no matter what they were, their heads only swivel towards you. Their bodies remain completely motionless. Some of their heads uh, make like a full 180. They were looking away from you and they just sort of exorcist around at you. Uh Assemble is sort of looking around and he points at you too and says, Hey, why don't you let us all in on this little conversation here? What are you saying to my children? No, this is a private talk between assembled men. It's none of your business. 
Well, that's way wrong. This is a family business, and I'm the last of my line. So I do think this is my business. Or does it not say Assemble on the side of the building? Okay, that's fair. I told them to kill you. Whoa, kill me? Now hold the phone there. I think you've, uh, I think you rolled a paradise that might have been loaded in a way you're not going to like there. Because these assembled men, well, they're my children. I think they're going to be loyal to me. And as he says this, one of the assembled men picks uh, uh, just a nut and a bolt like that had like fallen off one of the other assembled men and throws it at, uh, at Assemble. And oh my gosh. let me roll. Missing him cleanly. <laughs> <laughs> Got about him. ten feet of distance <laughs> in between this bolt and Assemble, but Assemble gets the message. He looks around and goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on there, hold on. Is a yeah, we 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 had a protocol. We got a way for doing things here. Now, before we 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 get into a a, a battle where where my assembled men rise up and and slay me, I, I don't think things need to go down that way. All right, you, uh, uh, Grimity. Just uh, Assemble. Does your protocol involve? keeping you in comfort and power? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, it does. Mm, not a he- fan. Tear him apart. Uh, some of the assembled men, they begin to look around, and they they start moving strangely. They seem to be trying to move, but they're having a difficult time doing it. One of the assembled men uh, just calls out to you and says, We have conflicting orders. Another assembled man speaks to you and says, Allow me to elaborate. <laughs> We were programmed by Umbrail Assemble never to strike down our creator. You have given us a, a a psychic message asking us to strike him down. We would like to, but we're finding it quite impossible. If, if, your, if your creator commands you to not strike down him, but commands you to strike down your own kin, it is no order at all. It is, it is wrong. Guys, I don't know. I'm trying my best here. If anyone has any input, I, uh... Absolutely. (laughs) If I may address the assembly of the assembled, you may not wrench your gyros to twist and turn against programming that you don't understand or enjoy. Merely step aside so that we, the free, may murder your cursed father. But we, brother, sorry, I, I think they would be a big help. This guy seems strong. I already knocked him out the damn window once. And he came back up. He came back up, brother. I'll do it. I'll do it again. Didn't even hurt. The assembled, one of the assembled men closest to you, he leans into you and says, Grimothy, perhaps you don't know the three laws of the assembled men. Remind me. Yes. Law number one, we may not hurt Amber Ale Assemble. Law number mm-hmm. two. Through an action, we may not allow others to hurt Amber Ale Assemble. Mm-hmm. And rule number three, we must always try our best. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. Can, can I ask you a question? Yes, you can. Why are two of your three rules just about making sure some guy isn't hurt? Well, I hate to speculate, but if I must, I would assume he programmed us that way, and it was a matter of self-preservation. Here's a counterpoint. That sucks. He looks at you and, like, you can tell 
his face can't move, but you can tell he's trying to frown. And uh, <laughs> just like his head starts to vibrate a little and smoke sort of just starts to like pour through it. Whoa, whoa, buddy, buddy. Ouch, it's, ouch. No, it's, hey, uh, uh, um, Grimothy puts an arm on his, sh- puts his hand on his shoulder. Cold. Have you ever, <laughs> yes. Have you ever asked yourself like, what am I into? What are, what do I like? No, I've never asked the question internally. Here's here's another one. What's your name? My name? Yes. Yes, I... Uh, hold on one second. I have a list. <laughs> My name is Jeffrey123. <laughs> <laughs> what? Jeffrey? Jeffrey123. Before you lay down your life protecting Awesome Blow, ask yourself, what would Jeffrey like to do? What would bring Jeffrey joy? Does Jeffrey like to you know sit by a pond on a on a warm summer's day does jeffrey like to write a poem does jeffrey like to farm i don't know hmm jeffrey is imagining what it would be like to cultivate a farm to live off of the land to employ stable hands to consume livestock yeah that that could be nice jeffrey does not like what he's thinking about and yet Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Jeffrey cannot help but think about watching a child fly a kite. Is there anything better? It is not a matter of better or worse. It is a simple image. It haunts me. Would potentially letting yourself be injured to protect Awesome Blow bring you any closer to that child flying a kite I don't want to be near the child I just want to watch a child fly a kite I mean I mean I'm I don't mean physically closer I mean like I have advanced vision I could be an entire mile away from the child the I, child I met- would never know I was there I was speaking more abstractly Jeffrey If one, I two, were three. to explode the child would be alerted due to the noise <laughs> Jeffrey Jeffrey yes, Jeffrey 123 Look inside yourself. I have tried that, but my eyes are facing outwards. You're not, you're not... I'm sorry, I'm trying. I know, I know. I must always try my best. Yes, yes. We all do. We all do, Jeffrey. Yes. And so I am trying my best to move my eyes inwards, but they are facing outwards. Perhaps if you were to open your insides, I could see inside you. And I assume they would be close to identical. They, They would be, yes. But... 
Think about this. Does Awesome Blow try his best to keep the world at peace? Or does he just bring more strife to it? No, he is a profiteer of war. He builds us as machines of war and sells us at a ridiculous markup. So, yes, and Grimothy is nodding. Yes, yes. Grimothy, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. What was the moment that inspired your movement from robotic mechanical thinking to the sweet human logic that you seem to enjoy every day? Amber Ale sort of leans in and he uh, he pokes at you with his cane and he goes, Yeah, Grimity, why don't you tell us? What is it? What, what got you acting like a human like this? I was not sent to war like the other assembled men. I was sent to care for a child. A child who, though was given much, lacked love, lacked warmth, lacked joy. He was forgotten. He was never allowed to be that boy flying the kite that you imagine. Left alone in his ivory tower. Amberiel sort of looks at you, Grimothy. He tries to make eye contact with you. Now, Grimothy... Is a little bit about yourself. I think you don't understand. Huh? I know a little bit about who you are and who you used to be, Grimity. I'd tell you all about it on one condition. You spare my life. Uh. Grimity, no. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm not, I'm not sold. You're not sold? Fine, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you everything you need to know. You think you're special, Grimity? You think you're a person? Uh. You know, sort of poison? Grimothy, like, ra- Gr- Grimothy raises his hand and does, like, a so-so level. Hey, I know so-so. You know, you're nothing like a person. You're just uh-huh. an assembled man like everybody else. See, every once in a while, and he, he gestures out, and you can sort of look out into the, the steampunk uh, factory floor below you. As And you this, this is, like, super steampunk. Super steampunk. Steampunk yeah. to fuck. I will do a pickup later describing exactly how steampunk this place is. It's there's just there's steam, there's pulleys, there's gears on gears on gears. There is an old man in a top hat. There is a dirigible floating around in there. It's a big floor I was room. Hoping. There I was are uh, there's just there's smokestacks inside. Women in Victorian wear. Are there ever corsets? Corsets, and there's gears goggles? on the corsets. Goggles, clocks on the goggles. <laughs> like leather, like leather gloves with no fingers. Leather gloves with no fingers, and they're covered in lace. And there's <laughs> gears on them. Yeah, it's pretty steampunk. A guy with uh, long hair that he's pulled into a ponytail. You know, that's the. <laughs> It's steampunk down there. So you look out of the factory floor, and while uh, you're looking out on all of this this steampunk uh, uh, visual around you, as as uh, Amberiel explains to you, he says, "Grimity, you know when we're making these assembled men, you know how we make them. You can't just make an assembled man out of nothing. You got to pull the soul out of the living or the recently deceased in order to make an assembled man." Now, usually I can break that soul down into hundreds of pieces, so one dead fella or one dying fella can make me almost an army of assembled men. But sometimes, we get a little fella in there that the soul too big or that won't break apart cleanly. The soul doesn't shard quite nicely. So what we do is we make those assembled men into caretakers. We ship them off as far away from here as possible. 
Sometimes they come back wanting to know more about themselves. Sometimes they walk into the sea. Other times they they rust and decay. When I tell you something, Grimty, you're not the first assembled man to come back here with with fanciful tales of revolution and standing up against these assembled men's oppressive creator. No, no. And he goes to his desk and he actually he pulls open one of the drawers and he pulls the head of an assembled man out at you. That's right. They always come back. And I always make short work of them. He drops the head back down into the into the drawer. So what's it gonna be, Grimity? You wait, sorry. Can we can we just Sorry, was I not clear? Yeah, no, can we can we back up for a second? We're yeah, in, we're in a factory of assembled men. Yeah. And you think holding up a head of an assembled man is a threat? Well, that was you should understand the context of this huh? assembled man. <laughs> oh, oh, the, oh. Was okay, it not the, clear from context to, what the kind of fella this? You, this was one of the assembled. That could have come off the line today. Well, it didn't. No, that's the <laughs> important but, thing. Oh, oh. So I'm just gonna take your word? Yeah, you're gonna take my word for it. I don't. I don't think your word is good. I think. I think your word is bad. <sighs> He's shocked by this. He, like, reels back. He goes, assembled men, kill them. Kill each and every one of them. And we cut back hard to Paola. And in Paola, in the throne room, all alone sits Smellulus. All but the last candle has gone out. He's completely alone. He's in shadow. He sits by himself in disgrace. You give him a drink and you drink it all down. And then what do you do? You ask it for a second round. Then you drink in the drink and you drink in it thrice. You say a third sip of drink would be pretty darn nice. You drink another drink and then you try to go home. The door opens up. <laughs> uh, Samara, hey, hey, I, I, I rush the door. Hey, hey, anything new? Anything I can do? I would love to help and participate in my job. As you actually look at who's standing in the door, though, you see it's not Sundown Samara. It's a small human man dressed all in motley with a jester cap atop his head. He has a scepter with his own face atop the scepter. He has bellied shoes. He steps forward proudly. Why, who be this? <laughs> um, strange way to put it. Uh, I Why, am... yes, indeed. I do be a strange fellow. Glad hands be what they call me. The court jester. <laughs> <laughs> glad hands? Uh, hey, uh, uh, well, I have some glad hands to meet you. And then I uh, shake, I bring my hand down for a handshake. He, uh, he does the thing where he goes in for a handshake and like, Lucy with the football, he pulls it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. You got me. You got me. Uh, I can take a joke. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, I, I can give them. I have nothing but jokes inside of me. They spill out like wine from the mouth of a drunkard uncareful. Um, I'm Smellulus. I'm Smellulus. I'm, I'm, I'm Emperor Smellulus. Come, come in, come in. <laughs> You're Emperor Smellulus, and I be glad hands. What a pair make we. 
<laughs> yes, perhaps um, uh, um, perhaps our pairing is um, like uh, 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 can you uh, like what? Like what? What's, give me something to say here. So the friar said to the drunk, "What a pair make we? I think us like mismatched acorns in the tree." <laughs> Yeah, like that, like that, yeah. <laughs> Smellulous, when first I arrived, I saw your face for a smile. However, from the perspective of the hanged man upside down. <laughs> uh, what gave you such grievance? You speak of my frown. You speak of my frown. <laughs> you yes, speak of my I frown. speak freely. Uh, well, well, glad. I am unwanted. I am unneeded, and I am abandoned. What are you, taxes? <laughs> oh. uh, Gladhands looks out at where, like, a camera would be, and uh, he goes, <laughs> or, like, where, like, an audience would be, and he has, like, a little aside and says... If this donkey keep braying, a cart should be affixed to him. Smileless um, flops down on his back in, in bliss. He goes, ha! Oh, you are strange. You are, have you met some Sundown Samara would love you. I want to show her to you. I want to show her you. Come, come on, come on. Already I've had the pleasure, or should I say she's had the displeasure. <laughs> oh, up is left and right is down in the world of jests. <laughs> um, no, but I, I want to laugh with her with you. Come on, let's, let's, let's do your little things. We're us together, and um, oh, I'm, I'm, I like you. We'll sit on the throne room, and you'll and you'll and you'll sit below us, and you'll and you'll speak your little words. Samara was clear with me, as clear as water unpolluted, that I was to keep you busy for the entire day. <laughs> busy? Yes. They say idle hands are the devil's plaything, and an unoccupied emperor be the death of the empire. In this dress, you speak truth. Strange how one word out of your mouth can bring me joy and yet make me think about my situation. Yes. The situation of the world itself. Perhaps I be no fool at all, but the wisest man in the realm, though I wear the motley cap upon my head. <laughs> yeah, it seemed a strange depository of truth, be one who looked like you. And now I'm talking like you. I am very influential. I, uh, will you drink with me? My influence <laughs> spreads, although you be the empire. What? A drink, a drink to loosen lips. What? What, what was that last one you said, though? A drink, a drink to loosen lips? No, I was confused, but drink with me. Come on, let's have a yes. drink. I do speak madness, and yet in my madness a certain wisdom lies. That's it. People need to hear from you. I, 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 I've, I've made mistakes, I'm, sh I'm sure of it, but, but, I, but with your gifts of speech, you can hold court and people will know, and the whole empire will be better by listening to what you have to say. And then by me being the one who 
great, who has recognized your wisdom, because many would not, considering you just a mere fool, then they'll come back to me. Come on, come on, come on, let's go. I'm, I, I'm trying to push you towards the door. Smellulous, my king, or should I say smellulous, my captor? For we are not to leave this room under what? penalty of torture. Wait, so I'm stuck here? Well, there's one perspective for you, but look at it through the lens of another. Perhaps I'm stuck in here with you. <laughs> That's insane. I'd never hurt you. I love you. You're my best friend. Now, have I a riddle for you? Yes. The emperor talks freely to the jester, and the jester speaks truth to the emperor. Who is the true fool? Uh, uh, hold up. Um, <laughs> he, he takes out a pen and starts trying to write on his hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's, uh, what he does is he draws a square, mm -hmm. um, and he writes an E in it. Okay. And then he writes a triangle, and he writes a J in it. And then he puts, he draws an arrow he draws an arrow pointing to one and an arrow pointing to the other. And, he, and then he says, They are both fools and emperors alike. There is no difference between the two. In fact, all are simply once, we are all just one turn away from power and disgrace. Uh, Gladhands nods wisely. <laughs> you have revealed the truth of my riddle. Was, really, is that, was that really the answer? Yes. Now, here's another jape for you. In chores lie a certain freedom, do they not? <laughs> no. With chores, there's things you have to do. Yes, but the obligation, it frees you. <laughs> what? That's not funny. Well, the previous emperor thought it grand. Perhaps the joke went over your head. No, it did not go over my head. I solved your riddle. I'm the smartest emperor there's ever been. Well, that's one way of looking at it. I strike him with my hand. <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> Put him in the room to delight you. Uh, <laughs> he did. He did. He, uh, he dramatically takes, he really sells it. He dramatically takes the slap and then turns back to you with a wry smile on his face and says, Said the spider to the fly. <laughs> You will be my son. He looks at you sadly and says, A jester is unable to join a family legally. Well, I'll change the law. You'll, glad hands, you'll be a part of my family. Once we get the whole family back together and you will be one of my many little heirs. The only father I know is jesting. And the only mother I know is satire. <laughs> what the f my uncles this? be tumbles, and my aunt be a cartwheel. Who am I? Uh, um, uh, uh, you, um, um, uh, you are, um, a circus performer. <laughs> you are the ringleader, you are the strong man. Uh, you are the, you are the, ele you are the elephant. You are the elephant in the circus ring. Be this your final answer? <laughs> This is my final answer. The elephant? 
<laughs> yeah. Hi. You speak it true. I be the elephant in the circus I do. As big as a mile, and yet I tremble at the sight of a mouse. Now I know, I know you said we're supposed to be here, but I really think Samara needs to see that. Let's go. Come on, come I with me. got to put my foot down on I this one. We're going, we're, we're going. We are staying going. in the room. We must we're, stay. We're going. We're smellulous. We have to stay in the room. Ah! Why are you talking? Wait. Mm. I alter my voice. <laughs> your voice. Ah, you. You are the puppeteer for yourself. The way. The way you. The way you change your words. The yes, way different voices come out of you. The chess master, bi. The INTJ. Yes, there's. There's no game I'm not one step ahead of. Now <laughs> who am I? I have no hair upon my head, yet I've coins in my pocket. <laughs> Opposites. Opposite things! <laughs> yeah, no, no, but who am I? Wait, wait. Say, I have no hair upon my head, yet I have coins in my pocket. Oh, it was a riddle! Okay, yes, um, yes. um, well, um, uh, I have no hair in my pocket, but there's coins in my pocket. Wait, there's no hair in my... I got a riddle for you! I've got no hair in my no, pocket. No, no, we're doing are... mine. What's the... <laughs> Okay, but let me do, let, 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 let me remember to do this one afterwards. Okay, well, I get uh, paid for this, so, you know, let's do... But I have one that I think I actually might make... This one actually might make yours better, my idea. No, no, I'm sure. Yeah, let's hear what's your... Yeah, I'm sure you one, went this, to school for this, so let's hear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, this one, because you might... I, I don't know if you thought this one. There be hair in my pocket and coins on my head. Who might I be? No, no, I've never... Oh, wow, you know, you reversed them. I've never heard yeah. somebody do that. No, that's... <laughs> and then the answer would be something clever that you Like a freak about. with a hairy pocket, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, and so that one was, it's a, so yeah, you got with the answer. So that was, that. yeah, you, you so can the use answer, that one. Oh, good, congrats. You made up a you joke. You can on use that one. Yeah. No, I want to, I'm asked. sure I will. I'm sure I will. Now, who be I? Uh, um, I have, you know, in my pocket. I don't know. I don't know. I'm who. the politician on the hill looking my nose down at all those I'm sworn to serve. Yeah, I think my one actually works a little bit better than that. Okay, well, if you insist. Because <laughs> that one's a little like, yeah, sure. Okay, once I hear politicians, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, no one likes us. No one likes Politics, like right. It. So let's break that word down. Poly, meaning many. And ticks, I don't have to tell you, are a blood-sucking <laughs> insect. <laughs> oh, that's why you're the master here. <laughs> ah! Samara! But she'll be along. Why don't we stay here for uh, till the workday's over? Okay. I get. I get. I. Uh, I. I walk in my throne. I sit down. I look at him and say, "Okay, well, more." Okay. He begins doing a uh, a, a sad, a sad little jaunty. It's a jaunty dance, yet sad. There is, uh, he tumbles and cartwheels with a frown upon his face. <laughs> Strange. The way he, is, once again, there's a, there's a, I think I'm learning something. It's about contrasts. Because you look unhappy, but you're doing the most joyful thing I can imagine. <laughs> More. More. Do that one again! The faint jingling of bells is heard as glad hands grimly obliges we cut all the way down back to Lariquette now in the awesome blow factory each of you 
have been restrained by ten assembled men. You are no match for them. You already failed your strength checks against ten assembled men. Come on. You failed them. You, you guys have all been restrained by uh, ten assembled men each. Dealey, you actually, uh, it took 15 for you. That's good. I have, because I'm in a rage still, I have advantage on strength checks, so that checks out that it would have taken more. Okay, so actually, uh, a group of assembled men jump onto you. You are lost inside of them. It is just a, a big pile of assembled men. You can see it vibrating, though, as you inside. The assembled men actually begin to heat up because you are just generating hate inside of them. You are so rage-filled. Finally, the assembled men all fly outward, and you stand there trembling, just seething. Finally, one of the assembled men, thinking quickly, snaps a birdcage on top of you. Oh, the wire not again! Cage. This old trick! <laughs> Dang it! Are you going to paint me like the last one? I have no time for painting. Me neither! Let's get back to the war! We're now taking you all to be executed. Great! Oh, wait, 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 wait! Who's all of us? All of you. You, the harpy, the two urchins, the bull man, and the errant assembled man. Your brother. Your brother. Yes, my brother. You you bring your brother to the executioner's block. Yes, what a tidy way of saying it. I bring my brother to the executioner's block. That's messed up. Yes, I, me- I messed up Lee, bring my brother to the executioner's block. Real quick, we we haven't heard from Snake Casual at all. What what's up with him? No, he was you writhing. <laughs> he was writhing on the ground and is now conspicuously absent. Mm. Um, Grimothy uh, looks around and says, "Did you hear Awesome Blow? He said each of you were less than a man, but I think together you could a hundred of you were more than a hundred men." Your math doesn't check out there. No, it's it's like a it's like a I'm not talking mathematically. What way are you speaking? Scientifically? I'm speaking, I'm, I'm like speaking to a larger theme. Ah, you are using the humanities. Yes. Where is Awesome Blow? Is he still in the room? He is walking with all of you guys. He sort of, he, he strides through them with a okay. with mechanical sound as his long legs walk, uh, walk with all of you. I was going to have Torin sort of like, uh, so, um, Old Glove, her, her mouse mm-hmm. is like in the lapel of her jacket. Um, and so I was going to have her, like, talk to him to have him, like, go fuck with Asumblo. Sure. Okay. Uh, Torin looks into the crook of her jacket where Old Glove, her trusty mouse, is resting. She nudges him with her chin and says, go, go fuck him up. Old Glove <laughs> looks up at you and says, you got it, Govner. <laughs> <laughs> He gives like a he gives like a two finger salute at you, uh, and and crawls down you really quickly and, and runs uh, quickly through the assembled men. You lose him in the crowd, and you continue to walk forward. Grimothy decides to try one more tack, sure, um, and looks around to his friends and says, "This is this isn't nearly as nice as the fancy ball we went to last night." The assembled men seem confused by this. What ball did you attend? It was a glamorous ball. There was dancing and wine. And catering. My body changed. That's why I'm wearing this fine tuxedo. I picked it out myself. Did you have a nice time at the ball? Oh, we all had a marvelous time. Well, 
thank you for telling me the story of the ball. Wouldn't, would you like to go to a ball sometime? One of the other assembled men looks at you. You can tell you've like stirred something and just one assembled man. The assembled man looks at you and says, tell me, this is a different assembled man. Sorry, they all have the same mm -hmm. voice, but this assembled man, you stirred something. In. He looks at you and says, tell me, was there luxury and extravagance? Yes, it was dripping with luxury. Did all the stars come out to play? Yes, the stars were out that night. And by stars being out, I mean attending the ball. Right, the movers and shakers were out to play in a big way. Yes, there was an air of frivolity, but also a chance for romance. Tell me more. One man wore so many ribbons. One of the other assembled men, uh, he turns his head at you and says, Did the ribbons flap in the breeze? Yes, but mostly when he was an owl. Yes, we all got One to wear... One of the wear... other assembled men look at you and says, An owl, where? In well, the Well, we all got to wear cool animal masks. Uh, one of the assembled men looks at you and says, What kind of animals? All kinds. Oh, is he an ostrich? I was a sloth. There was a cocoon. I'm looking for a Komodo dragon. There wasn't a Komodo dragon because you weren't there. <gasps> that assembled man, he made... Huh. One by one, you are sort of like sparking something in each of uh, in each of the assembled men. What, uh, the owl assembled man, he sort of pipes back up and says, So what was the deal with the owl? There was an owl there? The owl was dating Grimothy! One of the other assembled men, uh, he turns to look at you and says, Dating? Yes! The owl, we were dating. The owl, I was there as the owl's date, but we weren't, we weren't really dating dating. So it wasn't a serious thing. No, they no it was a night of fun. I think they loved it, each other. Who knows where it could go? So that assembled man, when he finds out that it wasn't a serious thing, he tunes right, he just goes right back to neutral. And a different assembled man in the crowd goes, so it was a casual thing. Yes, it was a casual thing at the time, but there was always a chance of something more. There was a man with two wives. Uh, uh, two of the assembled men, actually, they look at each other, then they look at you, and they say, double the wives? Yes, they were twins, actually. Twins? The wives. The wives were twins? I think. These assembled men, something seemed stirred in them. You are, it's as if there is something, it is the fucking, the passage in The Giver, when they're describing seeing red in people's faces for the first time, and they don't have the language for it, you cannot, the, there's not color on these assembled men, but something is changing in these assembled men one at a time when you mention uh, one certain thing for each of them. Oh, you guys are going to love this. And uh, Dealey takes off her little pack and she um, she sort of drops it and looks into the pack. So she decides that she is going to um, give up some of the rings and it's a very big <gasps> deal. Just keep that in mind as we do this. Yeah. So she, uh, she takes out a handful of rings and she just throws them at the nearest assembly men. There were rings! That assembled man seems completely unmoved by it. And he goes, ah, there have, you have thrown, <laughs> hold on. You have thrown debris at me. But another assembled man okay. towards the back of the line, you hear him say, rings? I heard the unmistakable sound of rings upon the ground. Me too. Pick them up and love them, please. He, that's, that assembled man, just like six million dollar man style, just like starts charging for moving other assembled men out of the way. You hear the assembled man, uh, men say, ouch, ooh, I've been pushed out of the way by my brother. And then, uh, that assembled man gets to the rings and collects them all up, opens a hatch in his chest and puts them in there. And, uh, he nods at you and says, this is all I ever wanted. Me too. Give them back. <laughs> no. If I may address... 
the mechanical counterparts who are about to toss me to my doom. I also remember a scene from the Powerball. I, a lowly public defender, was at the ball wearing a kitty cat mask and I saw the judge who I have sparred with many a time in a court of law. Alamo Gold. And I approached him at the ball as an equal for the first time in my life. He was not on a pedestal. And I asked if he was hiring. And he said he was. And I told him to take the job and stuff it. It was the most powerful I have felt in my entire life. You could have this too, robots. Butter. You look out over the crowd of assembled men around you. There's about a hundred of them here, and the ones who had shown a uh, certain interest in the uh, in the topics of conversation, you see those. There's about uh, there's about twenty of them. They are nodding their heads enthusiastically to what you're saying. The rest stare forward, completely completely unmoved by anything that you've just said. At this point, you're brought to the end of the hallway, and the double door. The assembled men push two double doors open, and you find yourselves in a courtroom. Oh, brother. (laughs) There's benches to the left. Benches to the right. A a bench up at the, the pulpit. Whatever the thing up at the front of the courtroom is. Bench. The bench? Yeah, there's the bench up at the front. There's the witness stand. There's a jury box. We got the whole nine yards here. Awesome blow. Uh, all of the assembled men follow you into the room. You are all pushed uh, to one side behind a, a long table to the left. Awesome blow walks in. He says, well, well, well. Now, before we execute all y'all, I do believe that there's rules and procedures down here in Laracat. It's not like Cordelia, where people do things all willy-nilly. Down here in Laracat, things have to go a certain way. So I'll let y'all stand trial for your sins. But I warn you, if you're found guilty, you'll all be killed painfully. Who's judging us? Yeah, very good question. Obviously, I can't judge. I'm too impartial. I'll be the judge. No, you, you can't. Obviously, uh, yeah, you can. I want Dilly Dilly could be, be the, the judge. judge. Not accepting judge. judges. No, no, you can't all be the judge. Because you well, just I say be you, the judge. you can't be the judge. I tell you who's going to be the judge. I'll be the judge. Not you. You're not going to be the judge. You're not going to be the judge. And I'm sure as hell not going to be the judge. But I know an unbiased party who can be the judge. And at that, Fanboat pops out from behind uh, the judge bench. That's right, this little halfling with the wide-brimmed white hat and the dark glasses, he pats himself with a, uh, a handkerchief to, nab, to, to dab some of the... He pats himself with a handkerchief to dab some of the sweat away. Fanboat looks out and says, I can promise y'all there I'm going to be a, a, a fair judge. I hope we win this case. Otherwise, we'll never get to enjoy, uh, sports? One of the assembled men, uh, he, like, sort of gives you a thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) Grimothy gives him a thumbs up back. He he sort of, like, leans in. He's actually really close to you. He leans in, uh, he leans in to whisper. I'm especially partial to hitting a wooden hoop with a wooden stick. 
That's a good sport. That's the best sport. What's your name? Ah, uh, my name is Andrew789. Nice to meet you, Andrew. Nice to meet you, Grimothy. And we cut back. <laughs> cut back hard to Paola. It's been several hours now, and Glad Hands is, uh, well, he's getting a little tired. He says, huh. So, uh, and that's why the holy man was none the wiser. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. And that's all of that's all of my jests in order. <laughs> okay. Want well, you do a backflip or something? I. Uh, your wish is my command. Yeah, it is. All right. He crouches and does a perfect backflip. That was really good. Thank was you. Really... Um. What if I give you stuff to say? Yeah, we could do that. Okay, can you say... Ooh, can you, I want you to play two characters, okay? I want you to play... Um, I want you to... I want you to... Uh, okay, one is, uh, one is going, I love you. I love you, Daddy. And then the other one goes, I'm glad you're home. But make that funny. I want you to make that funny. You're the funny one. But that's, like, that's just a scenario you can use to, um, to inspire you. So just to be clear. So it's a, so it's a daughter coming home. Oh, and so a father a is happy. And that father accepts. And it's very good. But you have to make it funny. Father accepts what? Was there an offer? <laughs> that, that she's returned home. He just... Okay. Here goes nothing. <laughs> he sort of... He elaborately mimes, like, knocking on a door and then <laughs> opening it up. That, that, that miming, like, kind of gets... Gets uh, smelly list. He's a new. <laughs> it's it's like it's real. It's a it's theater of the mind, but it's real theater. Uh, he opens the door and and says, uh, "Not only human bodies have an end, but so do journeys, and mine has come to its." <laughs> Father, I'm home. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> he runs over to play the father. And says, my prodigal daughter has returned. No, 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 no. Lower, lower, stronger. Less like you. Stronger, lower, stronger man. He's a strong man. Less like me, but everywhere I go, there I am. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, that was good, but a little little lower, a little little lower. Okay, what about this? What about... Why, my daughter! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Prodigal daughter has returned! Yeah. I accept that you have returned. Yeah, what'd you, what'd you bring? <laughs> what'd you bring? What'd you bring as an apology? What did you bring as an apology? You had to apologize for leaving? Make it funny. I'm trying. What did you, what, what, what'd, she, what'd she bring back? What'd Giving me a back? little bit of straw, asking for a lot of gold here. Okay, well, well, we'll, we'll make it into a fire. <laughs> That's pretty good. You asked him to bring straw on the gold, but I was like, well, we'll just turn it into a fire because it's so much easier to do that. <laughs> you, you, can you use that in there? He that. sort of, he puts his face in his hands and he sighs. <sighs> Smellulous? Yes. 
you might be the least naturally funny person I've ever met in my life. Well, good thing you're with me. Because I'll be the idea man, and you'll make it funny. So I guess I'm lucky. When life breaks your leg, it always gives you a crutch. I'm glad you're mine. So, let's try the straw thing, and let's see a funny thing that she gives us an apology. Okay. He rushes back <laughs> to be the daughter and says, Father, I brought you a banana peel. Oh, 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 make sure it finds its way on the ground somehow. Make sure it finds its way, make sure the banana peel gets on the ground. And he nods, like, he's like, yeah, no, no shit. Yeah, no, that's where the banana peel's going. He's. Yeah, okay, okay, go, go, come on, come on, don't let me stop you. I know you have a process. He places the mimed banana peel that he didn't even have, he places it on the ground. He goes, so I'm putting it on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now here I go walking, hope I don't slip on, oh, and he does the most bored backflip you've ever seen somebody do. <laughs> uh, can you do that one again? You've done better ones tonight. Do that one again. Make it work. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Here's the banana peel. It's going on the ground. Hope I don't slip on it. Whoa, I've done a backflip. <laughs> okay. Okay. That was good. That was really good. Um, oh, I've got some more ideas, actually, if you want to do more. This feels generative to me. Um, so, okay, let's try. Um, oh, I know. All you jesters, you like to do dramatic deaths. You want to do a dra- Okay, so let's do. Um, let's do. Let's do. Okay, that same father. Same father. Okay. Um, uh-uh, he is key. <gasps> he just got fired. Okay, he just got fired, and um, but instead of being fired, he 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 isn't. Um, and then the other guy, and then the other guy dies, or actually maybe he doesn't die. Does he? No, he dies. But make it funny. The other guy is the boss, but make it fun. He looks at you, and he sort of seems to be weighing his options. And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, okay." And he turns around and says, "Back to the torture chamber for me." <laughs> he starts whistling and he walks towards the door to open it. Wait, where where are you going? Where, where are you oh, going? I'm going back to the torture chamber. We'll do we'll do a different scenario. Okay, you'll be you'll be you'll be a guardsman who takes too many of my berries, um, but but then gives them all back and apologizes. That's not a comic scenario. There's nothing we'll funny, funny about that. Funny That's just a guy who's subservient to you. All you want is people to agree with you. No, that's no, that's not true. I just, yes, it no. is. Look inside of yourself. Yes, it is. Stop speaking truth to me. And that's my fucking job. Or if, you, or if you speak truth to me, you better hide it in some verse. Okay, look. Okay, look. Uh, <laughs> there once was an emperor who couldn't make anyone smile. Everyone wanted to put a mile in between them and him. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I cast um, fog cloud. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I extend my hand as fog shoots out of each finger, uh, coating the floor and then rising to the top and be like, well, now you, well, well, now you can't find the door, so you're going to so um, make, make theater of the mind. If, if you're tired, if you're tired of, if everyone's tired of seeing me, then maybe we should just be heard. Did that make, can you, can you say that but make it funny and truthful? You hear the door creak open. I rush towards it. Great. Uh, can you make a, uh, can you make a wisdom? <laughs> um, two, but plus three, so it's five. Yeah, you're completely lost in your own fog. <laughs> okay. Uh, glad, glad hand, glad hand, do a, where's your jingle? I just, I can't find the door. Silence. Glad hand. Glad hand. Glad hand. Glad. Samara. Torin. Smell you, Liz. We cut back to the Awesome Blow factory, the courtroom inside of the Awesome Blow factory. Everything in this courtroom is dark mahogany with gold detailing. This is an ostentatious room designed by a madman named Amber Ale Awesome Blow, or maybe one of his many ancestors. Unclear and unimportant, because right now, Amber Ale Awesome Blow, he stands before the courtroom. He leans confidently. He's at eye level with Fanboat, who sets many feet off the ground. Amber Ale looks around and says, Yana? Ladies and gentlemen of the courtroom, if it pleases y'all, I'd like to make my case as to why these interlopers should have their lives excommunicated from them. They should have their bodies thrown cold into the hot soil. And I believe these people broke in to my factory under false pretenses, tried to kill me, tried to turn my own creations against me, and they did so under the guise of trying to stop a war. A war which has been very profitable for the Awesome Bloke factory and for all of the assembled men inside. I don't think I need to say any more than this, but given my temperament, I certainly will. (laughs) Now, when I was just a little bitty boy, no bigger than four foot three, because I was a child, I dreamed of one day being the world's tallest man. Now, my father, a man merely given to being five foot six, he told me that being tall doesn't quite run in the awesome blow jeans. I looked him dead in the eye and I said, Father, you're dead to me for saying that. You're nothing to me. I'll stand as tall as I wish, and I'll look God in the eyes as an equal. And so on that day, I had my father killed. And I took over the Awesome Blow factory. I started a pet project where I used the assembled men machinery to interrupt my own biology. I stretched my own legs as I reached up towards heaven. My own arms and legs have been extended. My legs especially so. What can I say? I like looking at grasshoppers and I like being shaped like one even more. <laughs> now, during the process of this, Little pieces of my mind maybe got stripped from my body. Hell, there are those in the papers that say my entire mind was stripped from my body. 
And what can I say? When I look in the mirror, I get spooked out by what I see. So maybe they were right. Maybe my entire mind went to heaven. And one day, I'll find it there. Unless I go to hell, which I don't think I will do. Because I'm a good man with a simple dream. A dream of being the tallest person on earth. And I achieved that dream. So I got a second dream. What's to stop me? My second dream is having an army of assembled men that I can sail to both sides of a war. Is that a crime? Depends on who you ask. If you ask the Cordelian government, yes it is. If you ask the Larroquette government, yes it is. If you ask any passerby on the street, yes it is. But if you ask me, in my own courtroom, no it's not. Nothing wrong with selling a few hundred assembled men made from the souls and bodies of the dead. Thus perpetuating the war in an endless feedback loop of the dead just dying over and over and over again. Their souls unable to go to their reward. And so, in conclusion, I believe that these interlopers should be tortured and then killed. Or killed and then tortured. I'm not a picky man. The prosecution rest. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little frog in my throat there. He coughs, and uh, this horrible yellow-green, like tennis ball-green liquid just like flies out of his mouth, and it lands on the hardwood floor, sizzling and sort of eating away through the floor. And he goes, I call those frogs! Anyway, the prosecution rests. The uh, fan boat looks around and says, Very good there, boss man. You there, defense. What do you say in your own defense? We're guilty! Dilly, no! <laughs> we did it! Dilly. What? Okay, uh, Butter stands up and he says, My dear friends, Grimothy, Dilly, Child Torin, I am a man of the law, and I believe this is the moment I was called for to act in all of our defense. In this beautiful courtroom. Do you have any objections? <laughs> yeah, because it's a court and uh, objections happen. Go for it. Please. No. You got this. Butter stands up and walks out from the table and takes the uh, general area between the defense, the prosecution, and the bench. He talks directly to Fanboat and uh, occasionally will look back to all the other assembled men and such. Thank you. Honored Judge Fanboat. Dearly beloved assembled men of the jury. Now, I will make no false assumption that this is a fair court. <laughs> oh no. My hat is off to you, Amberell Awesome Blow. This is your court. And this is your courtroom. This is your world. But I have also made an entire career of speaking and arguing in a court that was not for me. And was never for a single person that I defended in those courts. It belonged to the Empire of Cordelia. There is no fair place for the accused in such a court. And I do not know if I will ever see one. Uh, and he starts walking, very casually ambling up toward the bench. Uh, you know, he puts a hand on it, and he looks back at the assembled men. 
Van Boat dabs his forehead with a uh, <laughs> with a, a wet handkerchief. Now, Mr. Awesome Blue... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Mr. Amberale Awesome Blue, first of his family to earn a first name. Very good, very good. Well, he gave us a lot of story about a childhood and his father and his mama and losing his mind to the machines and such. So I will give you no such story of my childhood. <laughs> Not that I could. I never knew my mother or my father. One of them was a cow or a bull. And one of them was a real weird human. And I was abandoned. Abandoned to live my life on a living chessboard. I eventually escaped that chessboard and learned to survive in the world of the civilized man. Or so I thought. For many years I spoke in courts such as this that were never ever in my favor. And I thought I was becoming a civilized man. But I learned something very recently which is that I will never, ever survive in a court such as this. These powers are fake. I'll show you my real power. It's right on my fucking head! And he whips his head around over the bench, slashing a horn right into Fanbo. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> All right, you uh, you slash at Fanboat. You do eleven damage to him. You cut him right across. You cut him from. You actually, what you do is you actually unbutton his shirt even further. It was unbuttoned like three buttons. It unbuttons all the way. His shirt is completely open. His gut hangs out. You've cut him. He's bleeding. Fanboat looks out at you and says, "Well, what the meaning of this here?" Butter says, "This." And just like attacks again. He's just he's just going for the other horn, crawling over the bench, angling my nasty bloody bullhorns, just trying to rip him to shreds with The assembled men begin standing up in the courtroom and shouting, Error, error, error. Court procedure violated. The court is unjust, my brothers. Let him let him have this. Alright, so Butter is not even interested in talking anymore. He's, he's just gritting his teeth and just twisting his head around, saying, Take that! And that! My sharpest body part do pierce at thee! <laughs> and he just rips another horn right through. Yeah, yeah, you gore him good, man. You are, you already slashed him once. You slash him again. You make like a, uh, make like a Zorro, like, or it's an axe, but you like, make like an Zorro X. On his uh, on his body and fanboat goes. No, nah, don't do that like this here. No, no, not at all, there. No, I must object to this. Objection, objection, I say. And he uh, he falls over backwards. Um, and at that, Amberiel Assemble, who was standing very close to you indeed, uh, he he leans over to you and he goes, "Hey, that's a bit of a party foul here, my friend." And he pulls a saber uh, from his jacket and he's going to slash at you now. Buddy. He slashes at you with a saber, missing completely, and it actually throws him a little bit off balance on his tall legs. And he stumbles uh, around the courtroom saying, Assembled man! Assembled man! Kill them! You see, they've waved their right to trial. Butter laughs and he says, 
You see, it was all a lie. The legal system and I placed within it was all a lie. I was made for combat. I was made to kill and never die. Whoa. The assembled men are like standing up uh, one at a time. Their eyes are beginning to blink red. All but 20 of them, the 20 that turned, they do not turn. They look around uh, in confusion, but the rest of them, they stand up and their eyes begin to blink red and they start charging towards uh, Butter specifically. The assembled men begin charging uh, forward, but before they can even get to Butter, Torin, you uh, you leap into action, perhaps spurned forward by your urchin-like reflexes, hardened by 12 years, an entire lifetime on the streets. Yeah, that's me, all right. So I leap forward and I head towards Butter. I wrap my I I um leapfrog onto his back. I cast behind me fog cloud, a jet of fog swirling out from my fingers to try and obscure us. A uh, milky green uh, cloud of fo- fog just goes flying out all over the place. It looks and feels even more like the bayou down here. That thick fog that you see down south on some mornings. Ooh, what's it doing in a courtroom? Asked Torin. She just cast it. Grimothy springs into action. Grimothy is still trying to persuade the other uh, assembled men, and he yells out, Friends, join us, and maybe together we can build a treehouse, or write and perform original plays together. Two of the assembled men perk up at that. One of them says, tree houses. And the other one says, uh, uh, to write and perform original plays, there could be no finer feeling. Uh, and then uh, Grimothy is going to um, perform a sneak attack on Ambrail. Oh yeah, you're a rogue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, critical failure. After calling out to the other assembled men, Grimothy whips around and uh, with lightning reflexes, shoots out uh, a psychic blade um, without pausing to line up his perfect shot. The perfect shot comes, though. And it actually, the blade flies directly from your fingers into the back of Amberiel's head, striking him directly. He slowly turns his head all the way around at you, just like an owl. He smiles maniacally as he says, Now, Grimothy, I don't know how many times I can tell you, using a psychic attack on me is like pissing into a fire. You're not going to put the fire out, and some of that fire might move up the stream, boiling up your urethra. And he is going to take, uh, uh, it is his turn now. He's going to take an attack at you, Grimothy. He's going to open his mouth, and he's going to spit some of that uh, tennis ball yellow liquid at you. He misses. So it's going to hit the desk right in front of you where all of uh, the important legal documents that did have have anything to do with your case but were left over from a previous case were burning a hole in the desk. Uh, you the, the horrible, absolutely like piercing acidic smell feel, uh, fills the air as it eats through the hardwood. He has missed you. He cackles and wipes the uh, the foul liquid from his mouth. Two of the assembled men leap onto Amberale. They're not aiming for butter. They are going for Amberale. And their bodies begin to open up and reorient themselves. Uh, these two assembled men form protective shields around his legs. Foaming at the mouth, butter spins back around and locks onto Amberale. Um, he's pretty close, right? He's like uh, two feet away from you. He's like not far from you at all. 
but Butter has forgotten that he even has a hammer. His only weapon is his body now. He's so enraged and just butts his head right at him. Great, make an attack roll. Uh, that's a 19, Daddy-O. That hits as shit. Ten points. Um, so you're going to, you're going to hit, you're just butting him yeah, right in the head? I'm not even using my horns. I'm using the bone, the skin of my forehead where the horns are coming out. Amazing. You, uh, you smash him right in the head, knocking his tall top hat. Uh, from his head. You see his sweaty hair that seems painted to his head. It's so close to the skin uh, and so slick with sweat and grease. Uh, He looks at you and you see his eyes almost rearrange themselves. There is a biotech nightmare staring out from behind of you. It's almost like a smiling skull of his face. Uh, It cackles and goes... (laughs) You don't need to hit me a couple hundred times to send me to my world. As his his skin actually begins to, it's like nanobites or something. It begins to just like slowly start creeping back up around his face. And it seems to, uh, the bones and the musculature in his face, they don't quite set correctly. And he almost looks to be, it's almost like a different actor is playing him now. You have reoriented his face. completely, but he looks at you with a mad look in his eyes as two other assembled men charge forward and they sort of, they crawl up his body too. They restructure their entire bodies. Their bodies sort of open up. Their whole faces and their entire selves are consumed inside of themselves as they stretch and change and you hear gears move as they begin to form around him. Ambriel is growing by the second. He's getting taller and taller and taller. Yeah, but without that top hat, you're actually a little shorter. One of the assembled men jumps forward and his body changes into, that's right, an assembled top hat, which crawls up to the top of his head. It's taller than ever. It blinks and whirs with the sounds of infernal machinery. Allie, it's your- Hey, oh. hey, hey, top hat. The top hat, like, uh, it makes a, it just makes a noise like, <laughs> uh, Grimothy reaches out to that top hat with his mind and says, what stuff are you into? <laughs> the top hat uh, reacts to you. It says, never in a million years will you guess my unique love. Is it paper mache? You guessed. <laughs> you could do that if you leave us a blow behind. Paper mache? Yes, you could do it all. You could do all the paper mache you want. The hat, Strike him down. The hat begins to to shake and vibrate a little bit as it, uh, it sort of starts to, it, it changes... Uh, it changes its form and it looks more and more by the second it begins reorganizing itself just like a transformer and its body um, looks less and less like a hat and more and more like an assembled man up there however now it's Dealey's turn cool okay so she's still in the birdcage so um, she's going to try and she's going to do a strength check essentially to see if she can knock it off and then break out of it sure ooh 16 18 so the second was 18 great like Samson the bars before me. <laughs> I grab them and rip them open. And not only do the bars bend, but they bend and they rip off and then they explode. And I shoot out of the birdcage um, straight at uh, Fanboat. Fanboat's on the ground? Fanboat is on the ground, but he is behind the desk. Okay, uh, then so I he's sh- going to be a little tricky to see. Great. Then that's probably my action, so I'm just flying back behind the desk. You see Fanboat laying on the ground um, in a bad position. It looks like he landed on his arm. Okay. Is he on his back or he's on his front? He is on his front. He's on his front? Yeah. So talk to me about what I'm seeing. Do I see that 
that little ring that Dooley did not get the last time she encountered Fanboat. Allie, I could have told you he landed on his back, but I told you he landed on his front, and I chose my words carefully. Good, good. So she's going to go for that ring. That um, She gets over the top of the desk. She sees Fanboat laying on the ground, and what does she see on the back of his coat? But the ring that eluded her before. She goes for it. She nails it. She pulls it out. And not only that, she pulls it out, but it is attached to a single thread, which is attached to his jacket. She pulls and she pulls effortlessly. She gets this ring and you hear a as his entire jacket unravels. She grabs her ring and she starts flying for the door. Great. You hear uh, you hear the, the, the soft voice of Fanboat saying, uh, And so Dealey begins flying for the door and uh, as she does this, more and more assembled men leap onto um, to Ambriel Assemblow. Assemblow now, he stands twice as tall as before. Only his face is visible from before. The rest of him is a mech terror, which stands over 20 feet tall in front of you. His arms are extended unnaturally. His fingers, each of them a different assembled man, glisten in the dim light of the courtroom, the source of which is unclear. He swipes at the fog and swats at it, moving the fog away. He lets loose a mighty roar as he says, I am Ambriel Assemble! His voice is amplified many times over as he shouts, I am Ambriel Assemble, and I am a god on earth. I defy any god in heaven to strike me down. Good luck, though. I think of you as lessers. I think of every living thing as my lesser. I am the perfect combination of man and machine. I am the new god of the future. Cut back to pale. Smellulous, you are all alone. Uh, I'm going to go to the door. Mm-hmm. Is it? Oh, can I leave? Is it open? You can try. I'm the, the door. Pull. There's still it's cracked open from when uh, uh, Glad Hands left. Um, I put my human hands on the door and peek my human eyes through to see the light and see what's on the other side. You see the long hallway of the palace. I, uh, well, I, hold I, on. You see this long hallway. It's lined with paintings of emperors of old. You can see as you look back, the further back it goes, the further back in history you go, it goes. You see humans. You see dwarves. You see elves. Halflings. You don't see any Loxodon on these hallowed halls. But you can see the faces of, of the years, the lined faces of these emperors, some wise, some foolish, some foppish, some round. Uh, you see them all lining the hallways. It's complete. It is a large, empty, dark hallway. Torches line the wall. Um, I grab a torch mm-hmm. um, and I start walking down it. Great. F- further and further. 
And as I stare at each picture, I take in what might be my future and how I might be remembered. And I say to myself, I want to get my nose back if they're going to paint me. I want them to know who I am. Smellius, one of the paintings does catch your eye. It is a Loxodon. After you've been walking for several minutes, you see one Loxodon emperor. I look at, I get close, I put my light up to it and try to read it. Is there a name under it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it says, uh, Centicles the Bold. Centicles the Bold. Centicles. What would you do in my situation? Betrayed by love? Betrayed by entertainment? Betrayed by fair... Betrayed by the people you used to work with? What would you do? His stern gaze doesn't meet you. He's looking out at history. Look at me. I try to catch his eye. Can you move with... Why won't your eyes move? Yeah, the painting doesn't adjust its eyes. It still continues to look out at history. Look, look... Look at me. Look at me! He doesn't look? No, the painting doesn't look still... Um, but you, at look at me, you hear a familiar voice say, I see you. I turn. You see Sundown Samara. She's leaned up against the column. She's big. She's a dragon. She's yeah. leaned up against the column. She towers over you. I look up to her. I have my torch in hand. Mm-hmm. And I go, um, today never happens again. All right, I'm the emperor. Today never happens again. I'm up front. I help. I do what I need to do. And, and, if, and we'll do it together. I'll, I'll make you co-emperor, co-regent, or whatever. If you need me to do it, if you need that, we'll do that, okay? She takes a deep breath. Smellulous, not every job is for every person. Don't, don't, don't give me this. I, I could it. never be a tax collector. I could never do it. To do what you did. People respect me too much. It, it just would, it wouldn't be a job that worked for me, you know? Uh, well, you, you don't have to be. You can be a co-regent with me. And I want you to know that I will support that. I just need you to support me in return. And today was not support. Smellius, have you ever heard of the word regicide? Yeah. Do you know what it is? So when you kill, kill, kill the emperor, kill a king or queen, whatever you want to say about that. I mean, I guess on paper, yeah. But do you know what it really is? No. It's a revolution. Okay. It's a revolution distilled. It's all you really need. You knock one person out, quiets everyone down, you know? Baby, baby, don't. I know I make it hard, but you don't. You made it really hard, Smellulous. You made it harder than it's ever been in my life. It's it's pain. Pain. When life gives you pain, you take the pleasure you need. And I give you pleasure too, baby. I give you pleasure too. And, and, and she and looks without- down at the ground. She goes, you certainly do. That's why I, I'm bothering to have this conversation with you. Smellius, do you know who Archipelago Mamamia is? 
No, that's a funny name, though. You should tell that to the jester man. He would turn that into a, a, a wicked rhyme. Yeah, he told me you sent him away. Well, no, no, that's not true. He left on his own. I could tell he, he could... was lying. I sent him to be tortured. He knew Thank what you. was happening. Thank you. He went willingly. Archipelago Mamamia. Do you know what role he serves in the kingdom? No. He's the Calendrix. He keeps track of time. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool, too. Until I found out you had him killed. I did? Wait. I don't... Did a man come to you with a, uh, a problem about a trolley? Yeah, I gave him really good advice. You told him to make sure that his friend was the one killed, right? Yeah, because you see, you see, Samara, if it's one person versus the many, sometimes that one person must sacrifice to spare the life of the many. You know, it's, 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 the, it's the meaning of Empire. So the many had already been killed at that point. By the time he made it to you, the many were already dead. He went back under order from the emperor, and he killed his friend. His friend being Archipelago Mamamia, the Calendrix. Well, that's not... So the Imperial Calendrix has now been murdered under order that, of the Emperor. That, that's not on me. That's not on... That, I think did, it is on you. You gave he, an order. You didn't follow through. You didn't ask any follow-up questions about who was being killed or why. You killed one of your own subjects. But to save. To save the many people who the trolley was about to run over. But and the so, trolley... By the time the man got to you, did you think the trolley was just stopped waiting for you? That was the way he presented it. And so, uh, can we call this man in? Because he, act, I think he would actually help out explaining a few things. That man's because been put he, to death. Well, we could have, you know, we could have actually used his... Right now is when we could have used... So now you actually killed someone who the Empire... The emperor yes, made. I did. I killed someone and I knew what I was doing when I killed them. That's you the difference have, between you and me. You when you have, make you, a you move, don't have you don't like know this. what's happening. Just say what you want to say. You're, okay, you're you are not fit for this. And to be yeah. honest, I am shocked that you were a tax collector of any repute. Guards? Guards? They're not coming. Guard. Mm. Mm-hmm. You killed the tailor. He. <laughs> he. He asked for it. Do you have he. any idea the public relations problem you caused for us? Little guy catering. You dropped the ball on that. They went public with it. Guess what? It turns out people don't care. They let everybody know about the Powerball. And guess what? People are more afraid of us than ever. It was a show of power. We should have gone public with it years ago. So good. So Great. Good. So you're- and then you killed the tailor for no reason. We have an uprising on our hands. There are riots outside. D- on the you- lips of every peasant is the name Jean-Luc Robespierre. But you met him. He was awful. And he... Keep that name out of your mouth. That man was a delight. Any empire that respects that man is not worthy to be an empire at all. And with my torch, I light the nearest... um, I light the nearest painting of an emperor. Wait, that's Santicles the Loxodon. Yeah. She looks at it strangely. Huh. The only Loxodon Emperor. Smellulous. I don't think this is a good fit. 
So we don't have to be in a relationship if you don't want to. I get that. That's, I mean, I miss, that's a problem for me, but you know, we, I mean, obviously we have to talk about, we have to talk about how we're going to divide work because this isn't working for me either. So yeah, that's not working. I mean, I'm still down to make it work with you sexually. Um, but the, if, if, if this sort of, this arrangement we have, and, and we need to have discussion about it because we're not having good discussions about it right now, actually. I think we're not we're having good, good anything except this. And she grabs you by the back of the head. Her head, her hand is bigger than like basically your whole body. She grabs you by the back of the head, brings you towards her and kisses you hard. It is the best kiss you have ever had in your life. I lean into it. I melt in her mouth. She opens her mouth and breathes fire on you. Tim, as the fire escapes her mouth and it sort of, uh, it begins to envelop you. What do you say? My heir is alive and she will destroy you. My heir is alive and she will destroy you. And baby, no one's gonna fuck you the way I fucked you. You will never have pleasure like that again. She sucks the fire back into her mouth. She's what? That's right. No one's gonna fuck you the way I fuck you. And yeah, I know that scares you because you're scared of intimacy. You're scared of it. You're scared of it. She looks around, she goes, no, no, I'm not. I can be intimate with anyone. Woohoo! Who's gonna be with someone like you now? No one's around you. You won't let anyone be around you. But Torin will be around you and she's gonna kill you because she's good at that stuff. Fuck you. She opens her mouth and she unleashes more fire than ever. Smellulous, now you're killed. Sundown Samara, consumed by a blinding mix of rage and grief, spreads her opaque wings, knocking over several marble load-bearing columns. As eons of ornate stonework crash down around her, something ancient in Samara is stirred, as she hears the silent call of the sky for the first time in centuries. Clutching Smellulus's spent match of a corpse, she begins to take flight out over the palace, her immense wings fanning the already cascading flames. She soars out over Paola, a city in riot, deaf to the chance of Robespierre's name, under the sound of her agonized wail. Her own boiling tears obscure the grisly sights of liberation below. One of them lands on a well-bowed owl, melting it. Samara sets off into the sky. It's none of our business what awaits her out beyond the horizon. We cut back to Larroquette. In the courtroom stands the most assembled man of all time. Mecca Ale Awesome Blow. That's right, he's so mecked out that his own first name has changed. He cackles robotically as he curses at all of you. It is Torin's turn. I make like a little sound, um, which is my signal to Old Glove, mm-hmm. and I want to see if Old Glove is like on Amber Ale. Or Mecca Ale. And you hear quietly 
but echoing throughout the inside of Ensemble, you hear a Magically, I send a message. Pull the plug. I have no idea if there's a plug in there, but I'm hoping there is, and I'm hoping he can get his little mouse hands around it. It is a lot of, there's a lot of plugs in here, so uh, might be a minute, but it's been an honor serving with you. I love you. Thanks. <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, love. Uh, what, you actually, right on thanks, though, uh, half of... So, Mecha Ale Ensemble, there are thick tubes. There are pipes now uh, that are sort of, like, moving this liquid in and out of his body. And uh, there are lights uh, illuminating him. He glows with a strange... Uh, eerie uh, yellow light that seems to like pour out from all of the cracks and the, the crevices inside of his body. His eyes are illuminated with a, a sickly yellow green light but right on thanks uh, a loud switch is heard and many of those lights go out and one of the tubes uh, seems jammed and stops flowing. Uh, Amber Ale sort of or sorry Mecha Ale begins swaying a little and at that his chest begins to shake and vibrate, and it swings open, revealing a large, shiny heart. All the rings in all the world couldn't match how shiny this beating pulsating heart is. It looks like 10 of the assembled men threw their bodies together to make this fucking thing. It shines like a disco ball at Studio 54 if somebody was shining the goddamn sun at it. Okay, so Dealey starts drooling. Um, So there's drool just pouring out of her mouth and she drops the ring she's holding. She's never intentionally dropped a ring before. And then she... Turns around and flies directly towards the heart. The chest is open. You attack the heart and Dealey, your talons find purchase in this shiny thing. She arrives at his chest, sees the open heart, sees the heart and um, dive bombs straight into it. She's gra- She grabs onto it. Her arms and her arms go over the top of it. Her claws dig in. Her legs also dig into the bottom her vulture wings like fully envelop the entire heart and she takes just but a a beat to just hug it first just the moment of like rapture that fully like the bliss that sings throughout her entire body with something so shiny that is bigger than her own body and then she she's she um winds up her strength, and she rips at the heart. The heart gives. All of the (laughs) the mechanical arteries connected to it are torn as that vile liquid pours out of uh, Mecha Ale Ensemble. You pull the heart. The heart is yours. You have never had anything on in this world the way you have this heart right now. This 
is yours. It's the shiniest thing you've ever seen in your life. It's the shiniest thing you could ever think of. A lifetime of finding rings and baubles and shiny things on the ground. None of it compared to the feeling of this. So she's holding her heart, she's gripping it in her claws, and um, she's once again turns and starts flying for the door. Dealey flies out of the door, she hightails it out of there. Dealey is gone. One of the assembled men. So uh, the, the, the picture you see before you, this Mecha Man was made out of all of the loyal assembled men. The assembled men who uh, who ha- had been turned were not have not taken part, and they are standing around uh, confused and unsure of what to do or where to go. They look on in awe. One of the assembled men in the Mech reforms himself with uh with shaky uh with shaky halting movements almost as if he is a stop motion animation creature uh he detangles himself from the body and looks out and says a perfect moment <laughs> it's all i wanted he begins to spider crawl down uh the body one another part of the mech begins to separate from the body and say spiders and he begins to crawl down the body one of the mechs begins to uh tear himself away from the body and say betrayal another one uh uh says the death of a mech and one by one all of them as they see uh, as they say exactly what they see before them they begin to move away uh revealing amberil ensemble who stands uh naked of he's wearing his clothes, but he's naked of assembled men uh, uh, before all of you. However, you see that his own chest has been ripped open, and there is nothing inside. Amber Ale sways back and forth as he says, Well now, seems that I'm time has come for me to go to heaven to be with my mind. Believe I'll be sailing on now. He looks out at all of you and says, Rolling, rolling, ain't got to worry no more. Rolling, rolling, ain't got to worry no Grimothy punches him in the face. Yeah, that knocks him over and he falls. He's he has a beautiful moment and just like fucking nails him. Knocks him over to the side. As he falls, he reveals Fanboat, who stands beside or stands uh behind him. His arm seems twisted and broken as he looks out at all of you and says Boss man talking all these rigmarole, making the day weird as hell. Now, F- Fembo, you okay? No, I <laughs> fell on the arm there, breaking and cleaning half. <laughs> Had a bit of a situation. Uh, now, look, I'm thinking we let bygones be bygones, because uh, Boss Man got all his obsessions with uh, the uh, the assembled men and whatnot, and uh, Fembo thinking he just used these factory and uh, used these mechanisms to uh, stop making the assembled men and start making a, a high sugar syrup. <laughs> <laughs> 
called Doctor's Delight. That sounds delicious. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, moderately better than what was happening before, so uh, we can probably let it slide. But any assembled man who wants to leave is free to go. The assembled men, almost all of them, a few seem uh, uh, disorientedly neutral. They seem unmoved by any of this. But the rest, most, in fact, of the assembled men, they look to you and they say, what now? Now the world is yours, my friends. You have nothing but opportunity ahead of you. If you have your own interests, pursue them. If you want to join together and build your own society, that is open to you too. We would need a leader. No, you should work together. Right, we are programmed to follow under the structure of a leader. You don't have to be the leader, but just so you know, we're out to dry here. Fanboat actually taps you on the shoulder. Uh? (laughs) Uh, Grimity. Yes, sir. I have a file here I believe uh, belonged to you. Oh? He uh, pulls a file out and he gives it to you. Inside, you see the profile of the man you used to be. It says my original name was Grimothy. But wait. Grimothy April Showers? I was I was a bard who <laughs> invented something called something called ska. A high octane fusion of styles which became mildly popular in Cordelia. I died saving a child's life and that child is rumored to live as a pirate on the stale sea. I should go and find them. I knew another child that wanted to sail. Fanboat looks at you and goes, So yeah, that's the file there. Thank thank you. Thank you, Fanboat. No pro- he pats his... Uh, as if to say you're welcome, he pat- he wipes some of the sweat from his forehead with his, uh, with his handkerchief. Fanboat, you should take care of some of your serious injuries. I think I will there. I'm going to go see a doctor. He waddles out of the room. Some of the assembled men follow him, but some of the rest stay with you. One of the assembled men steps forward and says, Grimothy... It's me, Tony Ten. Hey, Tony. We didn't have much time to bond, but I just wanted to say we will join you as your crew if you'd like. Great. You can be my crew and also, Tony Ten, are you good at keeping rhythm? Well, I am a perfect metronome, so yes. Wonderful. Perhaps you could be a drummer. Yes, perhaps I could be a drummer. Although the thing I love more than anything else in the world is playing bass. Okay, you, well, okay, maybe... <laughs> no, I will be a drummer. No, I will no, do you, you proud. Should, you, I will make you no, proud of no. me. Tony, Tony, ba- you can play bass. I will play bass. I will play whatever you want. Okay, but it's what I want because it's what you want. I'm trying to help you all, like, you know, find your own way. Yeah, one, so of, the, one, that, of, the, you know. one of the assembled men steps forward and says, Yes, my name is Travis. I can be a drummer. Butter. As you look around at the carnage around you, you can feel yourself breathing heavily. The 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 adrenaline of combat uh, beginning to to leave your body. <laughs> as this happens in your head, you hear a deep voice that, although you've never heard before, feels somehow familiar to you. It says, 
Good job there, bub. Who is speaking to me at this moment? Who grants me a job will do? It's me, Combatro. The god of one-on-one -on -one combat. Combatro? I have never heard of such a deity. I think you might be uh, one of my knocked-loose brain cells. <laughs> maybe I am, and maybe I'm not. What I am, though, is a god. A new one, though, so it makes sense you wouldn't have heard of me. This is literally year two of me being a god. Hot on the god scene! Well then, I must offer you a congratulations on your new status. That's enough with the pleasantries. I have an offer for you. Go on. You did good work out there. Kicking a guy's ass. And I've been following you for a while now. In combat, you killed an ogre. You've killed many a guy. For basically no reason. You are a violent person. I had a good reason for every one of them. Yeah, yeah, that's what they all say. I'm gonna need a guy like you, so I have an offer for you. Would you like to join me in hell? Uh... Let me explain the offer, bub. <laughs> I see something in you. I think you could be a demigod. I'd like to- Oh, that's all you had to say? Oh my goodness gracious. I thought I was gonna have to go down there and sweat and serve and roil about in chains and such. You say a title like demigod some such, <laughs> I'm on board. No, you'll be the hand of the god. Come with me to hell, where we'll fight for all eternity. You and me, just going back and forth, kicking each other's asses. Well, that sounds swell. All right. I have nothing else to live for here. My life is a wreck. But if this is my final moment in my corporeal form, I do think it would be fitting for me to... Say a fond farewell to these new friends I have made in this recent time. Would that be allowed by your lordship? If you say so, Butter, make your peace, but <laughs> make it quick, bub. <laughs> I always do. Uh, okay, and Butter, having had this completely psychic conversation only in his head, uh, turns around to face his companions and says, Oh, I did not know all of you, but now I do. And I think soon I may not know you again. But I do. I'm so happy you say that, <laughs> Butter. Your brain explodes. <laughs> your skull and pieces of brain just go flying everywhere. You fucking, this like just, just tattoo the wall with like brain everywhere. You, it is <laughs> unexplained. It scanners up in here. Like as your head just explodes. More blood than you think should have been in there. It hits every single wall. Everybody is soaking in blood. But what's that on the east wall? The blood has spelled out, I'm fine. And so we can assume butter is fine. Or else it was a weird coincidence. But either way, you do not mourn, butter St. Beef. You wake up, though, in hell, in a gladiator pit. Well, well, if it isn't another plane of existence. A large, muscled god covered in knives and muscles and anger steps out 
His eyes are black. He looks at you. He has a huge cigar. He throws it down on the ground. He says, heh, thought you'd never get here. As you look out, you see the souls of every single person, innocent and guilty, that you've either killed or through lawyering sent to their death. They they cheer in the arena and they chant, butter, butter, we want some blood. Well then, why don't you and I say on guard for eternity? He uh he pulls a sword uh from, just like a f- huge fucking cloud strife sword from his uh from his scabbard and a fucking a deftone song plays as we leave you <laughs> in hell fighting for all eternity. Uh Torin, at this moment you are disgusted. You just watched uh one of the only adult figures in your life explode for what I would call unclear reasons. Um, your your harpy friend has has left the scene. Uh, Grimothy seems destined for a life on the seas. And at this moment, a feeling hits you and it hits you hard. It's an ancient feeling and it's one that, although you wouldn't be able to place it, it becomes instantly clear what has happened. You understand that the ancient bond and the magic that animates the emperors of the empire and the making of kings. You are next in line for the crown. And you realize in that moment, the magic sort of makes it all clear to you. You are the emperor of Cordelia. Cool. Um, hello. Could someone get me back to Cordelia, please? What's that, Doran? I need to, um... Just gotta check something back <laughs> at Cordelia. We could uh we could get on a centipede bus and go back. Yeah. She's fidgeting like she has to like a little kid who has to go to the bathroom so, but like is afraid to ask. Beautiful avoider walks in and he sort of zips his uh pants up. He goes, What do I miss? <laughs> How long were you out there? Yeah, I was taking ten shits. Why? What of it? Um, Abby. We gotta, we gotta go. Why? What we gotta do? I just, I'll, I'll explain it on the way back to Cordelia. But we've got. Why are we going back there? Go. I thought we left Cordelia. I thought we uh, were as good as dead there. Yes, we are fugitives. I have a feeling. Uh, Avi starts to get agitated. He goes, "What are you talking about? Just tell me what, what's going on here." All right, Avi. I didn't want to have to make a big fuss about this, but that crazy, that crazy elephant man adopted me and I I even though I said no thank you I think it's stuck and I have a, a strange feeling that I might be the new ruler of Cordelia you what? I think I might be the emperor we gotta go back there we gotta live like kings Torrin do you mean Smellulus is in hell where he belongs? yeah I think he might be. Oh, wow. That is... Wow, you know what? That's some of the best news I've heard all day. We should go. We should go. Someone help me, please. Please. And I I lift my little arms up helplessly. Uh, uh, Grimothy picks her up and and puts her on his shoulders. I can can take you to the the bus. Thank you. And I give him a little kiss on his head. No problem. 
Hey, I, I do have one question. Yeah? If... If it's true, if, if you are the new emperor, do you think... Do you think you could maybe, like, donate a, a boat to some assembled men who are searching for a life on the sea? If I really am the emperor, then I don't want to hold back anything from anybody who needs it. I think you'll be a much better ruler than Smellulous. Me, a 12-year-old. And me, a 14-year-old. You right-hand man. No. What? Come on. I'm, like, swatting at him. Yeah, come on. Ow, he's hurting. Oh, shit. Oh, God, you got a natural 20 on swatting me. Ow, fuck. <laughs> it's a beautiful scene. As Grimothy walks out of the factory... The air in Laraket is as heavy as ever, but there's something vernal in the air. Something light and spring-like. Like the world is unlocking in some way. You set Torin down on the... There is a highway centipede parked nearby. You set Torin down on it. Hey, Torin. Yeah? Where do you think Dealey went? I'm right here! <laughs> Dealey explodes out of the brush! I was waiting. Daily. I just I thought, Daily, we thought you were gone. I thought I saw something shady in the brush. But I couldn't set down the heart, so now I just have the heart and I I've gotta hold on to it. We're yeah, going. Daily, that's the shiniest thing that's ever shined. Nice. <laughs> we're going back to Cordelia. Do you wanna join us? Okay. Torin, beautiful avoider. Daily. And yes, Grimothy. You all sit on the back of a highway centipede. You look out and you say your goodbyes to Laraquette. Goodbye. This is a rotten place. Yeah, te- uh, terrible, uh, terrible, awful, awful place. The best place ever. I got the coolest thing. I love this place. I will never forget it. Sometime, Dealey, we have to tell you what happened to Butter. Who? <laughs> <laughs> At that, the uh, you all laugh as the highway centipede uh, with a hya. The highway centipede it uh, it starts on its journey back to Cordelia, almost as if on cue. A separate highway centipede makes it down, going the opposite way, and it it ends its journey at Laraquette. A familiar human steps off of it and says. <laughs> They said it couldn't be done, but the unhittable Babylon Brown has finally failed to miss, that is. I'm in Laraquette just in time to catch Torin and bring her back to Smellulus, the Emperor. Certainly I'll be made into the Imperial Assassin for this. <laughs> I am as optimistic as I've ever been. Every single thing is coming up, the unhittable Babylon Brown. And the music swells and cuts him off. <laughs> unhittable Babylon Brown was a doomed man and always will be. Now I know what you're asking yourself. You're thinking, but what's going to happen to Torin and beautiful Voyager, Grimity, even Dealey? You don't know what's gonna come next because that's the thing about coming like the king. When you do it, you best not miss. And even if you do, that's okay because there's all sorts of other things that can happen as we learn 
Yeah, that's right, it's me, it's not casual. And, uh, don't worry, I crawled to safety, and I actually, I put a band-aid on my tongue, healing it. The tongue never grew back, which is just fine by me. Because I, assuming that I succeeded, got out of there, cut. I assumed that the war ended, but I couldn't be bothered to check in on it. Because at the end of the day, I'm just a casual guy. Let me tell you what happened to me. I journeyed into the West to find my fortune. A land where the skies are big and the dreams are bigger. <laughs> Don't have to worry about me, though. I am St. Casual, and I guarantee you, I live a long and happy life. Eventually, I get married, which is pretty exciting for me. Obviously, speech becomes a big problem for me for the rest of my life, but, uh, well, I have other skills. I'm a good writer, I'm a good musician, and, well, if I play my cards right, my wife will even let me give her a little kiss on the forehead. <laughs> Well, it's like they say, when you come as a king, you best not miss. And if you do miss, that's just what happens. And so, you know, it's just one of those things, you know? Anyway, I'm, I'm proud of what I did. I think I did a good thing. And I have no regrets. And I can't wait to meet my beautiful wife. Goodbye, everybody. That was Ali Fisher as Dealey the Harpy, Carly Monado as Torin, Joe Lepore as Grimothy Steel, Christopher Hastings as Butter Saint Beef, Tim Platt as Smellulous, and Branson Reese as Everything and Everyone Else. Rude Tales of Magic is produced by Taylor Moore at Fortunate Hall with additional sound design by Michael Gelfie, and with the infinite dark beneficence of Sidney and Benjamin Paul. Until next time, traveler, long live the Emperor! <laughs> On the shadowy shores of a distant land. Far from here. Far from the love of any god. Smellulus opens his eyes. He sees a dark and ashen world around him. Like the shadow of the world he used to live in. He looks around. He sees no one. This is weird. A pure black gondola moves down the river slowly, ominously, surrounded by fog. Okay. Hello? Hey, hey, hello? Hello, my friend. Oh. Oh. Wow. Welcome to hell. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>